Are you a hybrid athlete who wants to learn more about how to combine your strength and endurance training? Well, I've written a new book, The Science of Hybrid Training. In this book, I provide insight into the misconceptions surrounding strength and endurance training by distilling the past 50 years of research and drawing on the conversations I had with great scientists, coaches, and athletes on the Progress Theory podcast. This book is essential reading for hybrid athletes and coaches who are looking to understand the key training variables and their effect on the simultaneous development of strength and endurance performance. Get your copy now, available to buy from Amazon. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back, podcasters. It's the Progress Theory podcast back in 2021, and we're starting the year with a roundtable. Myself, Daryl Green and Matt Tyler will be discussing the comfort zone, every influencer's favorite buzzword. Let's be honest. Do we often say we're working hard outside of our comfort zone, when in reality, we're not? Surely the boundary of our comfort zone is different for everyone. So what can we do to truly understand where that boundary is? Surely understanding this boundary is the key for really trying to continuously challenge ourselves. Anyways, I hope you really enjoyed this podcast. As always, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at The Progress Theory and go back and download all of our other podcast episodes. This is The Progress Theory podcast where we discuss Is your comfort zone bigger than you think? Gents, how are we? 2021. All good, Phil. All good. Any any new projects that I've... I know we've had a previous episode where we talked about goal setting and all of that sort of thing. But anything in full flow now? Now we're what, halfway through January. Well, obviously we went into lockdown, didn't we? So things have obviously changed a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's made me be a lot. Um, I'm very productive. I've been different outlook on this lockdown compared to that first one we had last the beginning of last year. Mm. Um, and in a way, I'm I'm quite happy with it. Um, happy with the third lockdown yeah well it's made me have to make well it's took some decisions out of my hands which I struggle to make and I'll, I'll go through that like one thing for me is when I almost get a, I almost get a bit um, reluctant to say no to people like uh, will you come to this or let's go let's go and meet up and go for a, a coffee or whatever. And sometimes I've really got stuff that I need to do for work. For As an example, I'm just using. Um, but I would be, I don't know, I'd be worried about saying no in fear of upsetting that person. But because we've gone into lockdown, that decision has been taken out of my hands. So I don't have to, I don't have to act selfish to become selfless, if that makes sense. So... Mm. People might see it, yeah, you that's selfish if you, if you were just going to do things for yourself. But actually, it makes me a better person when I do end up seeing you or catching up with you. Or, so having this lockdown and it's become the law that I can't see anyone. It's Although it's quite... Now it's getting lonely, just living on your own. Um, but it has made me get on with things that I needed to do 
without any other distractions. Um, mm. if, that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it definitely takes away certain... Well, it helps with decision-making, doesn't it? Because it takes away some of the options. And yeah. And you're used to that. You're like, oh, okay, you'd sort of find yourself a little bit more. You're not getting distracted by too many superfluous options. Yeah, that's it. Oh, you don't strike me as a, someone who's kind of caught up, like tied up within thinking what other people... Like, you don't want to do something because it might annoy someone else. That doesn't strike me as your personality type. Um. If I don't know them, I don't care. <laughs> but if if that like, should be a slogan, get on a t-shirt. If there's more of a, I want to say an emotional attachment to people, like friends, family, partners. It, it I'm very um, big, soft, cuddly bear. Yeah, it, yeah. I, you could you could say that. Like I will, I will do a lot for people but sometimes at the detriment to myself. Yeah. Um, and I guess that just comes in the nature of being a coach um, because you, you want to look after people. You want to, I want to see people happy. Yeah. But sometimes that can affect me and then I'm doing something for someone and almost becoming a bit resentful when it goes a little bit too far. You know what I mean? I'm all about like that, like the crossover, because I think I'm very much the same. I've, I've, battled very much been the same for a long time constantly trying to make other people happy yeah yeah and, and i haven't thought about linking that back to what we do like day to day like from a coaching perspective and how i guess if you take that away from that coach environment how it could be detrimental to your to your everyday life because i felt i spent, spent years trying to make other people happy and then it only got to a point where it was like you know what, I'm scratching everyone's back here and it's actually driving me down into the ground and no one's scratching yours. And I guess people then rely on you to keep scratching their back, giving nothing in return. Yeah, uh, and that's the norm. I yeah. mean, I, a lot of the time I wouldn't do it to expect anything in return. Like, it's no. not, but... <laughs> when it comes to that scenario that you do need something in return. Yeah, yeah. You kind of hope that they got your back and then all of a sudden they haven't got your back and you're a bit like, oh, yeah yeah exactly that and i it definitely has like with with our profession being coaches it it does we want to see people succeed and we want to see people happy and we do it's our job to do that so of course it's going to cross over into personal life but i mean i've i've been doing a lot of work on that type of stuff over the last year and it's like actually what they think of me is really none of my business. Yeah. And that's just, so that's, that's, um, yeah. So that's one thing that's been good with the lockdown. Good for me. Yeah. Cause it's given me a bit, I can see what I can do when I don't put too much, too many things or people in front of myself, you know, I can see what I can achieve and how productive I can be. And I'm, and how that makes me feel it's a lot better. So, yeah. That's good, mate. What about yourself, Matt? Um, it's kind of been, I mean, we had a very busy kind of end to the year. Um, going into lockdown didn't really change anything for us. It was almost November, kind of November 2.0 in comparison to like not really anything like March um, like the first lockdown. Mm. The second lockdown was like chalk and cheese. We really were able to 
to change things for the better. Um, I guess the only difficulty from this side is obviously January is easy to get people motivated in the fitness industry. A lot of people are, are self-motivated to do something anyway, um, but it's going to be keeping that motivation going through to Feb. And then, you know, Feb starts to go into March and then it's actually making sure that things don't drift off. So just putting things in place, trying to launch some new bits and bobs, even if it's a, a different style of class that we're going to launch or something like that, just try and try and keep our, our guys feeling like, you know, that there's still good things that are coming out the back of um out the back of what we're doing now. It's not just uh batting down the hatches and and limit <laughs> limit what we can do to push up some burpees and bits and bobs like that. You know, it's actually we're still we're we've just gone into a, a big skill block with them. So we're spending the next few weeks just really get, stripping some people back and working on technique and awareness of why they're moving in certain ways and explain to them we were going to do this anyway, whether we were in the gym or not. Um, so we're not missing out on anything not being in the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end, we kickstarted our, our PT Academy this year, which has been wicked. It's basically, long story short, we, um, we can now deliver level three uh, personal training certifications it's an online course pretty much for them. They get five workbooks they work themselves through. There's no exam at the end for them from a theory perspective, but there is a practical exam. Also, they've got to pass a coaching exam at the end. Um, the USP to the unique part that we do is uh, they come in for 40 hours over the course of 10 weeks to spend time with us. And our role is basically to bridge that gap between um Basically, if you look at it from driving a car, okay, passing your driving test, the driving instructor is going to teach you how to pass your test and your dad's going to take you out at the weekend and teach you how not to crash your car in real life situations. Um, and that's kind of very much how we're taking all the theory side of what they're learning and also teaching them the theory side as well, but putting it into a more realistic, practical environment. So getting them in the gym, coaching each other hands-on. I think a great example of it was when... Uh, when Tom, who I who I fin- who I work with, when he finished his level three, I think he was putting someone through his final exam using a one of those vibration plates, um, barbell back squats, I think it was, uh, a cable fly machine, all this type of stuff, and then out the back of passing his level three, he went straight into delivering boot camps in a field with some kettlebells and like flipping some tires. And he wasn't at all prepared in any which way, shape or form to do that after his qualification. Um, so I guess it's quite fun um, making it relevant to what they're going to be doing straight off the bat once they qualify. And then obviously getting mm-hmm. them to understand that this is just a starting point for them, but it's a more relevant starting point as such. They're a little bit more kind of life ready versus uh, theory ready as such. So it's been wicked to kind of roll it out and get it going. It was all practical, like 75% practical based, 25% theory based with us for those 40 hours. But uh, then we get told we're in lockdown and education gets locked down as well. So adult education has gone online. And so delivering all of that through uh, through Zoom and is uh, challenging. Yeah, it was just 10 weeks worth of fun, practical like content that we just had to rewrite with about three days notice and take it online and try and educate them that way around. Mm. So yeah, it's been challenging, but it's it's good fun. I enjoy doing it. Enjoy doing and it. And where can people find this uh, PT course? So it's got its own Instagram handle, which is, 
great question, Phil. Through our website anyway, so sweat-it.co. So there's no UK on that. Sweat-it.co. That will be our website. It's all on there. And the Instagram handle is uh, sweatitptacademy. So all one word. So Sweat It PT Academy and all the information's on there. Um, we take up to 12, um, 12 people at a time. And then we do, I think we're planning to do three to four intakes throughout this year. Um, so, so yeah, the no. first one's just happened, then the next one will happen in a few months. First one, yeah, currently undergoing. So we're in week three of the first one, um, 10 weeks. And then, uh, and then yeah, we'll get that one out of the way and then look to, to hopefully launch the next one into, into like the middle of spring. And kind of come over. Right. It sounds like you two are very, very busy despite the lockdown, mm. which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like I said, the lockdown has just made us take the content that we already had and try and flip it on its head no, and go back, flip this around and make it easy to understand. Actually, it's pretty relevant. Like trying to, I know Daryl doesn't do a huge amount of like the Zoom coaching as such, um, but it's quite relevant, especially with our clientele. Like I was not prepared. I was in, even remotely when we first went into lockdown on how to deliver a personal training session over zoom with limited kit and changing intensities and, and, you know, just still working towards that client's goal. Um, but actually we're now teaching people just in case, you know, so people coming into the industry already with a bit of experience of a just in case in the current pandemic that we're in. So they're only going to have like what well, they're one step ahead of where we were when we qualified anyway. Now wicked guys. No, really wicked to hear um well like today's round table kind of ties into a few things that i noticed out of what daryl was saying um i really wanted to talk about comfort zones and what you said daryl regarding like certain decisions that make you feel sometimes uncomfortable that kind of resonated with me because what people perceive as uncomfortable for them is going to be different from person to person and the reason i wanted to discuss comfort zones today is just because it seems like on social media, it's it's completely a buzzword. People are using eyes, utilizing it to show like I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm getting outside my comfort zone. And if you think about it, it's like, are you actually outside your comfort zone at all? Are you just doing things in your comfort zone, but, but saying they're outside of it because you want to, I don't know, encourage or influence people to act a certain way or lead them to like, oh, this person knows what they're talking about. Let's uh, investigate them a little bit more. Oh, they they sell this, they 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 offer this service, that sort of thing. So I wanted to see how our perceptions of comfort zones differ. So my first question to you guys is, uh, could you name like one or two things which you think are very much outside of your comfort zone? Mm. jump in that one have you got i've got i've got one already if you haven't got one now if you want to say go on you get yeah i've got i've got a few but go you go you go matt i've got uh, i've got that many when i was thinking about when you ping this question over before and gave us like a bit of opportunity to think about it i don't think there's anything specific for me mine's more of a mindset thing um i don't think there's anything specific that is outside of my comfort zone other than like, I don't know, not that I have one, but I'm just trying to think like irrational fears. Like if you had a fear of height, for instance, you know, and you went up the Empire State Building and that was well out of your comfort zone because you have a legitimate fear of heights and that was okay. But I don't really have anything like that. For me, the biggest thing that 
that I notice when I'm training or when I am, when I was putting together this PT course we were just speaking about, uh, is having a fear of failure. I have I massively have a fear of failure, which which helps to drive me on. Back when I was playing rugby, it would always be like I'd go and spend hours kicking before a match or in training because I had the fear of like if it happened to fall down to me and I didn't do my job, like I didn't want to be in that position. So I would practice purely out of fear. Um, and I have workouts now um, that come up that put me out, that put me in my, um, out of my comfort zone. And it's because I don't think that I can do as well as I want to do in it. Um, it's hard to explain not that and it's that fear of so then i'll have a fear of even i won't even attempt it and then i'll have a fear of how i'll feel at the back of it from not attempting it so it will spiral on to this kind of like negative mindset which will all come down to me just looking at a workout on a piece of paper that that fear of of not achieving what what all of that hard work has gone into not being able to achieve that. And it, and it, I would achieve it just by starting it, it would achieve it. Um, but that's what puts me out of my comfort zone. And it's not always, it's not often, but it's just that, that fear of not doing what I should be able to do. How do you know you should be able to do it? Because I've done it before. So it may be something like if it's a movement, let's say it's a, a workout that involved, I don't know, like uh, ring muscle ups. OK, and then I know I've done them. I know I can do them. And then it's put in a way where I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to do them. And then I doubt my ability full stop to do it. And but then if, if it's put in a way. Or combined with other things where you haven't done it before. So then, what, make, what makes you think that you should be able to do it like that? Well, exactly. So and so, reverse engineering. Think about it differently. Yeah. Like, and some of my notes I've written for this session, like <laughs> deconstructing the issue and looking at it in a different light, massively. But it will be, um, yeah, just fear of fear of it not going how I want it to go. Fear of failing. Fear of the un the uncontrollables that I know I can't control, dictating the outcome and me failing it puts me out of my comfort zone for me obviously i know that sounds mm. probably sound a lot more complicated over zoom than how it sounds in my head <laughs> no no it's, it's, it's interesting because it's almost like your line of this comfort could be okay you've got to do five muscle ups well okay you're in your comfort zone now i want you to do five hands down push-ups in before your five muscle ups Oh, outside of my comfort zone. So is that quite a thin line? Um, yeah, I think it is. I think it's that it's not as it's not as thick as I want it to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's things that I'm working like I see progression in my head and, and you see progression, you know, you know where you want to go. And I'm very, I'm very quick to forget where I've come from. Um, like all of our clients would have been at some point, you know, they've set themselves a goal before they've even got anywhere near that goal. They've reassessed and they've set themselves another goal. Um, and I'm very easy to kind of forget where I've come from. Um, 
I've had a few workouts and I, I can name them over the space of a year. There's must be like less than less than five that will just they'll just be hard work, but they're nothing over like I can do all of the movements separately, but it's just put in a way that I'm not sure I'm I don't think it's going to reflect how fit I am or how well I've been progressing. And it's going to make me feel like I've been I've failed it because it's I don't feel like it's a true reflection of where I am, but then it actually might be where I am. But in my head space, it's making me feel like I've failed. So therefore, it puts me out of my comfort zone. And yeah, it's this this spiral that goes on. It's me being a me playing with him between my, my, my ears. So it's almost like overshooting your ability. Your, yeah. Because everything is going well separately. Or they're not, there's no no reason why I can't do it's like <laughs> Like typically in in uh, most most CrossFit gyms, like someone gets one fluky bar muscle up, and then there's a workout that comes up with ten bar muscle ups in. Yeah, I'm going to do it RX because yeah. I got one the other day. You know, like that. I know, I know. I get it's like a it's like a, an extreme version of that. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's not saying that I go out there and, and I approach everything in an elite mentality. It's not that at all. It might be just a workout that's specific for me and my weaknesses. And it's my coaches put it together for that main reason, but I guess it's, you know, we all have expectations of ourselves and I have an expectation of the way I want to be. And it might even be like, just talk about it now and reflect on it. It might even be like the expectation I have of myself outside of, of, uh, of sport. Um, it's just failing that expectation is what puts me outside my comfort zone to then attempt something that I, I'm not sure on the outcome. Hmm. Going into the unknown. My one thing is change, um, and I think I think it can relate very much in the past year of what we've gone through. Mm. Um, when something changes like very rapid or immediately, um, I think routine goes, your habits have to change, and changing a habit is also very difficult. Um, for me, that's initially that'll be out of my comfort zone for a small period until I've readjusted. Um, but that's probably the biggest, mm. well, the most um, more relevant thing I could think of at the moment, as well as exercise. Yeah. We may be coaches and we may train and it may be, but, we, we're not just when we do it we don't just go through the motions because we know that we have to enter that uncomfortable f period to to get the response that we need you know mm -hmm. exercise is another one that I could think of um, I mean people people think it's easy because yeah you're a coach you must always train but we did the discipline of doing the exercise come before us getting our success? We don't, we don't, oh yeah, because yeah, you're fit and you can do all this, you can run a marathon, you can lift this weight. And then I become disciplined. No, this happens the other way around. So, mm -hmm. um, the idea of change, I think, is really, I think, is more common than people think. And, and that's something that can be applied to, to anything, anyone. Dale, do you think you're, a creature of habit like you like your routines and you sort of ease yeah. yourself into a routine because you you see the process and 
that allows you to see the direction that you want to go. And then if something happens, especially something big that derails that, then you have to spend time sort of readjusting to get back on that direction, whether that direction's changed, but it's still a straight line. Um, do you think that's why, yeah, as soon as something big changes the routine or the process, a lot of things may feel outside your comfort zone that they wouldn't before because you don't have that routine base to help support you in your direction. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you, you get to a point where you lose a bit of direction and that's when it, that's when it becomes, well, is, is uncomfortable for me. Um, so, I mean, I guess you could, you can almost link it to what Matt was saying. Like he can do muscle ups, but as soon as it's changed and it's put with something else, that's like the, the initial point of that discomfort or stepping out of his comfort zone is is probably from that initial change, right? Um, I don't, maybe. Fun one, so like, so just going back to that, like, it wouldn't necessarily be the movement itself. It wouldn't be like, oh, that the muscle ups are going to break me down. That's the bit I'm going to get like, that's the bit I'm getting anxiety over or whatever, and it's going to fall apart, and that's me going outside my comfort zone. I guess the the getting outside my comfort zone is like before that. It's if I'm if I'm looking at something and I'm having more if i doubt my like i said when i say fear of failure it's like the fear of being disappointed in in putting in effort and not feeling any progression from it and then i guess getting outside my comfort zone is that assessment or that test or that like that time where i'm gonna find out whether it's happened or not and is it easier to avoid the situation where I'm not going to find out and I can carry on plodding along doing what I'm doing and that's fine and I'm just going to nod my head and be like yeah I'm still progressing so I'm doing what I'm doing or do I get out of my comfort zone and I test myself by doing something that I don't know what the outcome is going to be um, and accepting the fact that if it doesn't go well I'm okay with that like and that's okay that's that's highlighted something that's not working or if it does go well, it's like, oh, that was wicked. That psyched me up. I was well happy with that. But it's, I guess the comfort zone for me is just going and doing it in the first place, is going and, and going through the, the the exam stage of it as such. The word uncomfortable is coming up quite a lot. Um, I wonder if it's been kind of used as a way of describing the anxiety. So for your example, Matt, you talk about fear of failure. And that fear of failure is because you have some form of anxiety over some possible negative thing that might happen that you think could happen. And that, and that just being in that state of feeling that is what makes you think, okay, that's when I'm outside of my comfort zone. So that could be kind of applied to, you know, training or any type of aspect of life. It's that, okay, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm doing stuff that's uncomfortable, but I'm in my comfort zone because I'm in familiar territory, you know, I'm working hard. But as soon as something happens where, or if I work hard, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, you know, this negative thing might happen to me. All of a sudden, a huge anxiety spike happens because of it. That's the like shift. Oh, I've, I've gone over the comfort zone line. Yeah, I think... It sounds it's stupid, isn't it, right? It sounds like it's not stupid, but it feels stupid talking about it like that. 
I guess it's not even like in hindsight when you when you look back on doing something like whether a workout well went well or didn't go well or whether I deliver a course today and the kids all bought into it and it was the best course I've ever been on or whether you get feedback and it wasn't very good like it doesn't actually it's gonna make absolutely no difference on me waking up tomorrow morning like it makes no difference on the world spinning man it makes like which is ridiculous that you you get yourself worked up about it um yeah, when from a comfort comfort perspective, we talk about comfort zone and that anxiety. I, there's definite levels of anxiety. I guess different to when we used to play rugby, as a, for instance. You know, like you're just about to go out into the pitch, you're up, yeah, your heart's racing. You know, the crowd's there watching. You're with your mates. You're buzzing. You're ready to go. There's an anxiety about just wanting to get started. I guess when I talk about comfort zones, for me, it's 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 almost like I'm I'm bypassing that that part and I'm thinking two steps ahead already and having that fear of which is stupid because I've just broken that all down to you of actually what would happen either way but it just it puts me sometimes it will put me off wanting to do it very rare very very rarely do I actually not do it but there are definite times where I could go why am I doing this like mm. do I need to do it I wonder if we could break it down um, to, okay, uncomfortable, but no anxiety. Uncomfortable, but some anxiety. Uncomfortable, and you're in a position where the anxiety all of a sudden feels like it could be too much. And that's like the sweet spot where you're outside of your comfort zone, where, you know, that's where a lot of the growth happens. And then beyond that you have way too far into outside of your comfort zone uh, the levels of anxiety are too hard and you can start to sort of break down whether that be mentally or physically and usually i can imagine being outside of your comfort zone for quite a long time is what's going to cause that to actually happen um so it's quite interesting if you if you had that four steps trying to indicate different things which may go into each section it may be kind of a good framework to think, okay, if I want to get outside of my comfort zone at certain points for really trying to improve growth, uh, I, I know what stuff I need to do to try and get into that area. Um, because ultimately you want to sort of step into that, step outside your comfort zone, but then step back. Because if you spent, spent so long and outside of your comfort zone, surely that would lead to something negative happening. That's going to be my question, right? Like, sorry, Daryl, you jump in, maybe you're going to go. Uh, yes. Do we ever step back, or do or does where we were outside our comfort zone just then become our comfort zone? Shift the boundaries. I think it does. Yeah. I think it is like a progressive overload approach to it. I don't think like I don't think you've stepped over the line and you're there and you've done it and therefore that's no longer a comfort zone. I think you could reassess the exact same situation and it still be something that you've got to prepare and build up to maybe not quite as big as it was the first time around but it's still not something that is your norm and maybe that kind of like consistent controlled exposure to it makes you more comfortable in it mm. yeah i mean let's use this lockdown as an example i know for me this this time round my out my look upon it is totally different the first time was very uncomfortable for me um a lot went on at that time but this time around it's i don't know if i've 
it's become a comfort zone almost because I've become more accepting of it or because I've got everything in place from the previous ones. What about, what I was going to say already, so you've gone from the first lockdown to now, but there was another lockdown in the middle. Where were you? Where were you? Well, yeah, well, I don't know if we could, I don't know how much you would want to class that as a lockdown, but... Um, it didn't feel like it, did it? No. Like I, the roads I were didn't. so busy. They're still busy now. It didn't feel like it, but fundamentally it was. You've been told that you're, you know... Mm you're not you're not out doing your day-to-day you got to stay stay home unless you got to pop down boots to pick up some hair gel or something but um <laughs> i guess we get some brutes i need brill cream i guess because we knew the end of that one there was more of a a, de, a decisive line of when it was going to end um mm. so maybe that made it easier um because Light at I, end of tunnel yeah yeah whereas I, to be honest, I don't really watch much about it now, so I wouldn't even know when this is due to end or supposed to end. Or it's not so, it so um, yeah, I just do. I focus on what I can control and mm. and get better at instead of thinking about that. But I don't know if it's because it's just be- I've just become accepting of this one. And the first time round, it was like, well, I'm gonna all my clients are going to go. I'm going to have no, no income. This is it. I'm going to land on my ass and that's it. Like a, a year of DG coaching isn't, yeah, it's now, it's now finished. But actually in that first one, I had loads of support. Clients supported me this time round. I'm nearly full. Um, Cause took, taking on a few, like, loads of new clients this last month. So, um, yeah, it's just maybe that's helped it. I don't know. Um, maybe so. Mm. Maybe that you know, say lockdown one was out of comfort zone, but maybe you know, for a lot of people it would be out of comfort zone, but like a little bit outside your comfort zone. So prolonged a little bit outside of the comfort zone has allowed people just to slowly adapt. Very similar to what you said, Tyler, about just progressive overloaders, you know, overloading a little bit, adapting a little bit, adapting. Um, And that's kind of approach that maybe we should all use for many different things. It's quite easy to link it to training because you can kind of visualize uh, the different stages of this this, uh, comfort zone. But um, when it comes to sort of everyday life type of skills, it can be a bit more difficult to try and visualize it. So then trying to know that you're outside of your comfort zone or just outside of comfort zone is really quite difficult. So that's why, and one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this particular topic, because I think it's difficult. Yeah. And what one thing that maybe, I don't know, could be detrimental to it all, or it fluffs up everyone's understanding of what, where comfort zones are, is we do seem to get a lot of media, social media influencers, they, they're mistaking outside a comfort zone for hard work, where you can work hard, but still be quite comfortable. So a lot of the training that we've done, I always get a little bit anxious. Remember I used to talk about how I get a little bit anxious when I come and train with you, Daryl, on a Saturday. Yeah. But at the end yeah. of the day, yeah, it was hard work and I'll be on the floor probably by the end of it. But I was still in my comfort zone because you know 
being uncomfortable and working hard is a little bit different from what I perceive outside of my comfort zone is. And maybe if we moved away of labeling hard work as outside your comfort zone, I'm great that people are working hard and not just sitting on the ass watching Netflix, but you know, is that not making the boundary further enough outside for, to allow real pushing of yourself to achieve like growth that you could achieve? I think when, like you're saying about coming and training, I think you can look at it a little bit different when it comes to exercise. Because almost hard work, you will be pushing the boundaries on your current um, ability of comfort and exercise, in fact. Mm. If I can explain that right. Like you would come and you would push past what you might push when you was on your own. Um, so you've, you could, in the term of exercise, you are almost stepping into unknown territory or you're pushing past that comfort zone. But like you say, with a lot of influences, um, if, can you call it hard? Can you, is it, is it really hard work? That might be the question. Like, but what's the definition of hard work, I guess, then, isn't it? Yeah, it how hard is hard work? I, I mean, I'm assuming, I mean, this is generalizing a lot, but hard work is performing some form of training session that pushes you physically. Like they're, you know, they're clearly working hard, the sweating, you know, the breathing is at a greater rate. So that was hard. So then what about mentally? So it would mentally fall into comfort zone or would mentally be hard work as well. Oh, I've stifled him. Got him. Got me. Well, I guess. Would it be? So I, I had a workout on Saturday and we've spoken about this before. Um, mm. I, and the workout was absolutely fine. The workout was like no problem at all. I was uh, under my calories by a fair bit on um on saturday sorry so i went to train on sunday and i had no motivation and i was there training and physically it was hard work physically it was a hard session no difference to any other session during the week mentally i was battling myself from the off because i i was right i had no motivation couldn't really be asked to be there i was on my larry there's no one else around was kind of questioning why I was doing it right there and then and just getting through the session I'd finish a set and I'd be like you don't have to do the next set like you know you can go home if you want there's no one no one's here and I what am I doing like, I'm almost having a full-on conversation in my head of like just get on with it do the next bloody rep like get on with it on when I finished that session on Saturday genuinely I felt like a, I felt bad I felt emotional finishing that session because I battled within my own head for about an hour and a half to just get through it and get the work done. And it wasn't because I didn't want to be, I love what I do. I love, I love going and doing it. It was, it was just a day mentally that I had to test how much I love doing it. And it was almost a lot easier to quit than it was to crack on with it. So is that me taking myself out of my comfort zone to do that? I didn't feel like that was out of my comfort zone. I just felt like it was hard work in my head. Mm. Mm. Maybe it is the the mental side is the key thing. It's the perception of anything that could go wrong, which raises the anxiety, and that's 
that can be applied to exercise. It could be applied to any situation. And it's that, and it's hard to define because it's, it's hard to see. Um, and we could have like a two people perform the same workout in a similar way, but mentally one person really struggled to do it. And that was clearly outside their comfort zone, but on the surface, it looked for them just, just a bog standard training session for both of them. So yeah, this shows that comfort zones really are quite hard to define. I think also when we relate it to training, like you say, we relate it to training, I'm not saying it's black and white, but it's, I think it's a little bit easier for us to like, to mm. say hard or I don't, um, that's not a strength of mine or going and doing so-and-so in front of people or whatever is, is not where I enjoy being so much. But I guess when you kind of look at, you know, you spoke in life to, um, about life scenarios and stuff like that. I think we can look at, I put down here a few like general population, like when you asked us, you know, who, um, what we consider outside of our comfort zones. And, you know, I spoke about that, that fear of failure, mm. but all, both your comments were I had already written down, like general population. What do I deal with on a, on a database with clients? And, and a lot, and even I had ex partners that were saying like anytime change was introduced, no matter how big or small, when, when someone thinks they've got control over something, and then all of a sudden it's not control, it's not in their control anymore. And even mm. if it was in their control, that's all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I'm I'm out. I don't know what to do. There's I'm i I'm in I'm in limbo. I don't know, know what to do. And that emotion comes over them and that panic and that fear and that anxiety. And in that clouded judgment is like they're out of their comfort zone. Maybe then putting a plan in place, putting a progress, putting something together to to go in a certain direction maybe that's within their comfort zone but actually right there and then that emotional that emotional trauma of something being taken away right there and then is them being out of their comfort zone for however long that period of time may be mm. yeah. it does sound like it more and more it's all about you know your anxiety levels of the of the situation and they can change as quickly as that like you said make some sudden change to a particular session control is gone that I don't like it when I'm not in control. I need to know what's in front of me. Okay. Anxiety levels shoot up. I'm outside of my comfort zone. And then that person can then decide, do I stop? Okay. If you stop, you go back into your, into your comfort zone. Do I continue? Okay. I'm going to spend this time outside of my comfort zone and hopefully become more used to it, more normalized to it. And then that would end up, I don't know, shifting the boundary of that comfort zone to then include what you've just done to be in your comfort zone. Yeah, I think when choice is taken away from you, yeah, is because we're talking about exercise. We keep referring to that, like that is uncomfortable, but it's not out of our comfort zone, like because we're choosing to do it. Mm. Um, regardless of whether you feel like you don't want to do it or you do, you still made the choice to do it. So you've had that control there but when choice then becomes stripped of you um i think that's when you're really out of your comfort zone because you well i guess you lose that control let the emotions come over you like what what do i do where do i go and there's no direction i guess in times of that that's when you the mental side of things really need to 
like sort of like take over like um like reading Victor Frankl's book Man's Search for Meaning uh, he talked a lot about that he had all choice taken away taken from him um but realized all he could control was his own thoughts and his like his emotions so that's what he done to almost keep him comfortable um finding a, comfort in the uncomfortable yeah well yeah um i guess that's mm. yeah so that's def- definitely for me that'd be outside a comfort zone that'd be for me myself when choice is stripped from me Mm. Choice, choice was choice was stripped for lockdown. Are you trying to say that that's why you struggled the first time around? Because it was taken away and there was no choice was stripped, but there was no rules and regs of where we're going. But if I strip the choice from you and tell you what you can and can't do, even though you have no choice on that, that's more comfortable for you. Say that again, Matt. Sorry. Army, you must have had your choices taken away from you a fair bit, right? Like yeah, just, and it was it was uncomfortable, mate. Okay, good. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting at with it. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, and it it almost it breeds a horrible mindset because all you do is think negative. It comes to the weekend, you've got something planned, you're going to go home, and you you still have no idea whether you're going to be able to go home. As an example, and so you just like you just start to think negative that and I still do it now like when like as an like I said at the beginning of the first lockdown oh, that's it all my clients are going to go I'm going to land on my ass I split up with my partner had to live back with my mum like I had so much going on at that time it's like um yeah I know I was in a I was seriously outside of my comfort zone then because Although I had choice, yeah, I just do what I can to try and... I had that choice, but it wasn't what I wanted. Yeah. Maybe, you mm. know? Um, so... Well, if you had 10 choices, you want two of them, and then all of a sudden someone else takes those two away, you're left with eight choices that you don't want. So then you're very <laughs> uncomfortable because you have no control over yeah, yeah. the direction that you wanted to go. It's erased because you don't have that choice. Yeah. Right, gents, What just to finish up, if you had to give advice to anyone listening around, okay, how do you encourage people to step out of their comfort zone a little bit more? What, would, what advice would you give? And it ties into the resilience episode that we did not too long ago. You think about what you've said to me in the start of what we've gone through here. So like, I think that you can condition, personally think you can condition yourself to adapt to things outside your comfort zone. Um, But that may involve deconstructing the issues around where you're uncomfortable within whatever scenario you're just about to go into um understanding like the need of why you're doing it um so that and the stresses that's going to put on the body for it you know so understanding 
the need of of why so for me it may be a workout or for Daryl it might be work or like you know understanding the why of why you're putting yourself into that comfort zone so that you're not just adding unnecessary stress to the body whilst you're doing it um and like we've spoken it's it's not a relentless moving outside your comfort zone isn't a relentless like put the pedal to the metal and jump out and jump in the deep end and just go crazy like you can condition yourself for it with like what what I mentioned earlier and what, what Phil touched on as well, that, that kind of like small progressive overload, whether it's, you know, if it's speaking in front of people, you know, it can start off by speaking in front of a couple of people and that can build up to a few more people. And then all of a sudden like you're, you're getting exposure to being in that comfort zone. And before you know it, you know, standing there and talking in front of thousands of people is still outside of your comfort zone, but yet it's much more comfortable now that you've progressed your way up a thousand people now might have been what two people felt like a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to what I would like deconstruct it, have a change your view upon it. Think about as outside your comfort zone, there is going to be some kind of reward from that. Um, some kind of growth for you. Um, whatever that may be, like, Matt's example there, talking to two people and then eventually you're going to end up talking to thousands of people. Um, like mine, I I remember messaging you, Phil, because I wanted to start writing more. And I it's all, I almost, you, I look at people or look at other people that are really good writing, at writing and I'm almost, I'm wanting to put out something that's almost going to, be as good as those people that are already writing loads um so just have the I don't, have the courage to be rubbish it to begin with um and know that it's almost short-term pain for long-term gain yeah nice <laughs> just uh that kind of touches on what I wanted to kind of finish up on because I, my ideas are very similar to what Matt described. Okay. I would want to just determine like what makes me uncomfortable and then what makes me uncomfortable that causes anxiety list those and then try and deconstruct them as to, okay, public speaking, which is your example. Why does that create such anxiety to just to try and understand it? And then from that, once you understand what's the key thing that's doing it, you can then sort of slowly expose yourself to the whatever's making you feeling very anxious, which will then change your perception of this particular activity. And then it's slowly moving into your into your comfort zone. But I wonder if there's, I, I, I don't know how to be strict and define it. And hope, maybe that's the, the whole point of it. Sometimes just jumping in the deep end mm. is a good thing but knowing that you could probably get back out. So like you jump into a plunge pool, uh, but it's all right because you can climb straight back out. But at the same time, you don't want to stay there forever. And sometimes just jumping in the deep end actually has really quite a, a positive effect. And that links into what you just described, um, Daryl, regarding writing. It's like, just jump in. Don't worry about being shit at first because you know everyone starts at a certain point. And once you jump in you realize actually you weren't that bad in the first place and you have a base to work on and then slowly um expose yourself to more writing from then on and that sort of changes your perception of it 
Would you so, break that down as jumping in the deep end or would you just break that down as getting in the pool? So like... Could do. I guess it depends. Deep end, pool. Well, I mean, jumping in the deep end for Darren wants to write books, like would you define the deep end being like the standard that you want to get to? Like, so jump in the deep end, that would be like, right, mm. write a book to the standard that you want to get to or would you say just write a book, any old book and it just get into the rhythm, you know, start doing it and you can build it up. Mm. I think I don't think you can jump it if you're classing that as the deep end, like write a book as to the standard you want to get to it. I almost think that's in, I, I, I want to say that's almost impossible. That's like me or someone else saying, I want to go in the gym and snatch 140 kilos. Oh, I want to jump it, you know? Yeah. I, I guess it's, is it the difference between the end result or just the process of doing it? Yeah, I think it's like, I, I just think when you said sometimes jumping in the deep end can give a positive, like, and I'm sure like, loads of positive experiences from it, but how many times do you think jumping in the deep end on something they were maybe worried about or already kind of like nervous about has also tipped someone over the edge the other way? Like they've done a skydive, mm -hmm. theatre heights, they've done a skydive. They've jumped out of the plane. They've done it. They get to the floor in absolute floods of tears. They're shaking. They're panicking. They're worrying. It's the worst thing they've ever done in their life. They're never listening to you again. I'm not ever doing that again. I can't believe you made me do it. That's a good point because you never hear of those, do you? No. So it's, that's what I meant by the deep end. Like, is it worth maybe, you know, they, they start off small and they just kind of climb up something a bit high. Would that, is that class to them diving in the deep end or is that just them like touching their toes in the water? Hmm. Maybe if they come out of it, uh, they use the skydiver one as an example, they come out of it at the end, floods of tears, never going to do that again. They realise that they that's not really what they want to do. So it's okay. I, I wasn't even doing this for myself. I was just doing it because people were saying, well, why don't you try that? Um yeah, I, I, don't know. I just I just think there's a, there's like a there can be a massive negative effect. I think there is definitely scenarios where you go, look, let's just give it a crack, let's go on. What's the worst that can happen? Is it's you know, worst that's going to happen is this. It's going to be okay. Would that be? Is that when someone agrees to that? Do you think they're pushing themselves well outside their comfort zone, or do you think they're just like? teetering on the border of you know if they've been quite easily persuaded to do it or you know is mm. it is it is it on the boundary of their comfort zone that they've gone forward and done it like that poor lady that i've just made up and now she's a real life person and she just she hasn't slept in like three years because she keeps dreaming of this like falling out the plane um or snakes it might be snakes or spiders and they go on i'm a celebrity get me out of here and they get a tub of spiders dropped on them and then they literally just have nightmares for the rest of their lives because they were scared of spiders anyway and that was well outside their comfort zone jillian mckeith <laughs> yeah um, they still made the choice though wait yeah well i guess but was that choice i don't know was that choice given to them like i, I don't know it depends if they've they've agreed to it I wonder if it would depend on the person. So if you had, I, I would reckon us three, if we did something that was really outside of our comfort zone, proper deep end jumping, even if we come out of it going, that was shit, I'm not doing that again. We have some form of resilience to like, okay, we learned a lot from it, but I learned what I'm not going to do. 
Um, whereas someone else who may not have that much experience with trying to be more resilient might really struggle with that. And then that negative uh, experience then affects other aspects of their life. So I wonder if it, yeah, I wonder if it really depends on the person, like maybe the jumping in the deep end is, you know, everyone has their jumping into the deep end, but how people react to that is going to be completely different. So your strategy of how you utilize comfort zones to try and improve is going to be different from person to person. I still think if you've made the choice to do it, then it's not the deep end. Uh, I don't, maybe like you're at a, a stand-up comedy, for example, you hate speaking in front of people. The comedian drags you up on the stage, gives you the mic and says, go on, tell a few jokes. That's. Oh, I'm getting uh, anxiety thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I know, would be so shit at that. <laughs> you know, that, that I think is, would be a true example of deep end, like the very deep end. Mm. You, you didn't even just, want to do it. You just wanted to go there and enjoy a good comedy show, but they've dragged you up. You have no choice. Gave, give you the mic and walked off. You're on stage in front of hundreds of people. Well, you either break, you break down there and then, or you attempt to tell a few shit jokes. Like. <laughs> or both and probably my attempt. Break down, cry whilst trying to tell a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, a, a, an example, maybe where it's not so much the deep end, is when someone when someone comes to us for training that, that's not that's something they've never really done, but they've still made that choice to come, come to you. It's going to be out of their comfort zone because it's something they've never done, but it's not... Someone's not just picked them up there, put them in front of you and said, you're doing this. But that goes back to then what I was trying to say earlier with regards to, is, it, is there a difference between jumping in the deep end and kind of just getting in the pool? So like, if you look at yours, is there a difference between you just trying, you know, starting to write and putting something on paper and then maybe sending it over to Phil to have a look at? Or is there like, you've spoken to Phil, you feel like you've got something pretty good put together. Now you've got to give that paper or give that bit of person onto the next one, which is the next step. And that's the, the deeper part of your uncomfortableness. You're already in the pool of your life. I'm a bit uncomfortable just doing this writing or whatever. It's out of my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Now you're being tested to like a whole nother depth of that, that uncomfortable zone. You like your yeah. someone's so, door, they've got their kit on, but actually they're still like, they're all right but now you've asked them to demonstrate a movement in front of four other people and they're like, oh shit, I'm, I don't even know what I'm doing myself, let alone show other people that. Yeah, so I, if I use the example of writing, I've, I want to make, I've made the choice I want to get better at writing, but if Phil was to come to me and say, um, St Mary's want you to write this book for them, here you go. I need it next week. Like that, that would be like deep end of writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm doubting just doing some little bits of writing. Now I've got to write a book for a university. It's just an example. I'm not writing a book for a university. <laughs> but <laughs> um, 
yeah, maybe to that. But saying that uh, person that you said, right, you're going to demonstrate this exercise in front of four of people. You've took the choice away from that person, which I think makes it deep end. If you were, if you had the four people and said, right, who wants to demo this exercise? And then they put their hat, they put their hand up, they'd still be a little bit uncomfortable doing it or out of their comfort zone, but you haven't just pointed the finger, right, demonstrate that. Yeah. So we did um, first first week, which I did the standard um, meet and greet with like new people, and I made them do, I said to everyone, right, we're going to go around all the cameras and you're going to tell us your name, where you come from, and if you want to take me out, what would be your party trick? And I would, I hate that. Like, I hate mm. it. Everyone hates it. And the reason why I, I put it in there well, and I explained to them, this is why we're doing it. This everyone, no one likes it, but actually getting you outside your comfort zone at this, this is, and I would say that is dipping your toe out of your comfort zone, right? That is like, you've just got to say, and if you haven't got anything, yet people are just going to go, oh, I've not got a pie trick. And you can tell everyone's got something that they can do that they think is quite cool, even if no one else thinks it is. But I think that is, that's dipping your toe out everyone hates it but like you say going back to when uh, the original point i guess we made of this was when phil said you know throw yourself in the deep end and just start writing i wouldn't have said that was you throwing yourself in the deep end i would have said that's just like start writing something get it on paper that's you getting outside your comfort zone yeah. but uh, you sat on the edge of the pool with your feet hanging in it yeah it's not it's not it's not the deep end though no. definitely not i think a lot of it comes down to thought so i we create our comfort zone or out, outside our comfort zone because of we're worried about what more what people are going to think and us being rubbish at it. Like you say, that take me out party trick. Everyone that would have been on that call would have been like, I've got, it's got to be a good one because I've got to make these lot laugh. I've got to give a good impression, you know? Like, whereas just, just say, what, and if, if I say nothing, they're going to be like, oh, you're boring. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, that, I think that makes people leave their comfort zone more. So that, um, that social expectation, maybe that's it. Maybe, you know, maybe that's me in my head when I talk about my workouts. Maybe that's me like, what if someone else that was doing what I'm doing, maybe, you know, maybe I'm not going to be as good as the person that I'm, I'm playing against myself, right? I've, I've made an imaginary version of myself who I'm competing against, but actually that is another person that I might see at a competition or in a training, like, and I'm fearing failing in front of that person or not being able to do what I should be able to do in front of someone else and how that's going to make you feel and why that would then be out of your comfort zone. I think a lot of it comes down to social expectation. It's almost like your example there is like I've put in this, I've put in this tremendous amount of hard, hard work. If I don't, if I can't do this now, then what was the point? Yeah, it's a ridiculous amount of pressure, an absolute yeah. ridiculous amount of pressure for with zero, with zero result on the other side of it as well, apart from like a thumbs up or oh well, we'll try again next time. Yeah. All right, lads. <clears throat> right, good, good discussion today. And what I liked about, in particular, about today's uh, discussion was the fact that we clearly have very different ideas of where the comfort boundary lies. But as we discussed, 
certain familiar similarities started to pop up regarding the control, choice, uh, anxiety. And there's definitely a lot of resources there for people to try and reflect on like where their comfort zones are and how they can utilize them to try and improve in a, a particular area. But anyways, guys, I'm glad 2021 has got off to a good start with the progress theory. Um, we'll catch you in the next one. See you, Phil. Take care, you guys. Yeah.